All right, so this is episode 10 of the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. Uh, for this episode, we get to sit down with Mike Pettiford from GoFord Services. He is a kind of a, a regular at the shop, comes in pretty often. We've helped him with a couple of his cars. He's been racing cars and motorcycles for years, and his school, GoFord Racing, or GoFord Go Services, um, can train you to be a better driver for the street, at the track, and he can even get you all the way up to your full um, SCCA competition license. So we have a really good conversation with him. A lot of good information comes from this. Um, before we jump to the podcast, just want to say real quick, if you like what, you're, what we're doing, if you like what uh, content we're putting out, please do uh, like, and if you can, rate the podcast on iTunes. That would be a huge help for us. And the best way you can support us to make sure we can keep coming back and making content for you is go to our website, flatironstuning.com. Uh, if we have anything that you might need, um, your business goes a long way to letting us you know, continue to make this content for you. So check out the website, flatironstuning.com. If you like what you hear from Mike Pettiford, check out his website, goforitservices.com. And uh, yeah, without further ado, enjoy episode 10 of the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. I mean, SCCA is a much larger organization uh, membership-wise than NASA is. I think there are 50-some thousand members versus like 12 to 15, I think, for NASA. That's all that NASA has? I thought mm -hmm. they had more. It, they that. might have Nationally? more. Nationally? Yeah. So I, all I know is that they're more than double the size. Granted, they're like bigger autocross presence. They're a much larger like entry-level presence than NASA. NASA, you kind of like jumping in, kind of already into some experience or at least a higher barrier of entry initially. But, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's really not that many rally crossers that are out there rally crossing. And, so, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so yeah, the exposure thing I think is a big deal. That's a big deal for me. I mean, seat time number one is gonna is gonna help your driving, and then how serious you take your data and stuff. To is, a point. Yeah, how serious you take your driving and stuff is gonna help you. But yeah, pretty interesting. Yes. Well, welcome. You guys ready? Yeah. So what are we gonna talk about again? We're well, just gonna. We just got toilet paper. Yeah, just bring up, <laughs> bring up stuff and roll tape and the see what happens. Exactly. John yeah. usually guides this misguided ship. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, so. they try and steer it. Yeah, <laughs> try and try and hold on. Oh, big fella. Yeah, sometimes the wind grabs the sails, and you're talking about who knows alcohol poisoning. I mean, we keep it loose. I, want it, I mean, it, it's supposed to be a conversation. Okay. So we I mean, just kind of, I can we can tease stuff off. But I mean, first, what I want to say is who you are and who we have with us today. So that's where we're going to start. Okay. So And you do that because I already know who I am. If, if lucky, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's taken a while, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I have to remember on camera today. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to pick, my, pick my nose too much. That's is it right. rolling right now? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, like that's that's one of our things is we just get it going. So, yeah, we have these terrible cold opens. Cold opens, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually the printer helps, but not out here. No, no net out here. Yeah. yeah, so you guys ready? We'll, we'll just jump right into it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, so welcome back. So we're here. This is going to be episode 10 of the Flatiron Syndicate podcast. And so this is the first time, if you're, if you're listening to this, everything's normal. If you're watching this, Hopefully you're watching this. We're also videotaping this, so that's something else new that we're trying. Um, so hopefully going forward, that'll be something that we have to offer as well. Um, today, for this episode, we got a special guest here. We've got Mike Pettiford from GoFord Services. So um, Mike, just right, right off the bat, 
maybe just tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, why you might be on this podcast. Well, um, Mike Pettiford, president of Go For It Services, Inc. Mm -hmm. uh, started the company in 1985. What we do is train car drivers, motorcycle drivers, truck drivers, bus drivers, RV drivers at the basic level. And then at the intermediate level, non-competition car and motorcycle, and then we have a racing team. So we can okay. license you for SCCA, NASA, Vintage, MRA for motorcycles, and then we have a racing team. So if you want to rent a car, buy a car, get better in your driving, that's what we do. All of it. Yeah. Any, if it involves driving on two wheels or on four, you've got a program for it and you can go up all that to a full SCCA pro license. Yes. Okay. And beyond. Now, now let's let's talk about kind of your experience at, at, uh, behind the wheel. Like, what, where what where did you start? What did you start driving first? I was born a poor black child in North Chicago. Yeah, no, that's not true. Um, <laughs> you were born. You, you were born. You're born in a taxi in, in, in Indiana. That, okay. that part would be true. You were born in a taxi. The strange thing about your story is you were driving. That's right. That's right. I popped out and I said, "I'll take that." Yeah. Okay. Where are we going? Uh, no, I've been I've been doing this for the company's been. I started it 35 years ago yeah. because I was dissatisfied with driver education and how other people were training. Mm -hmm. So um, I've done some racing, uh, won 46 divisional national championships that's with SCCA. Wait, 46. That's 46. That's 4-6. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> it seems like a lot. It's, I'm, it's, I'm guessing, is there anybody else that's close to that? Not no. really. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But, I mean, the other side of that is, is I haven't won the Indy 500, I haven't right. won the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, right. although I've competed in it. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got a fair amount of experience with car, mm -hmm. motorcycle racing, coaching drivers, setting up vehicles, mm -hmm. helping people go faster, safer. Yeah. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. What, what kind of cars, what, what kind of cars are you driving now and, and like looking back what are some of the favorite cars that you've driven? Let's well, not talk about the Solstice. <laughs> <laughs> this year, this I'm racing okay. a Corvette in okay. T1 okay. and a Solstice turbocharged yeah. in T3. And I've yeah. done that for, well, with the Corvettes, it's been 15 years in a row. We've okay. won T1 in this area. And I think the last five years, we've won with the Solstice. Okay. Um, in the Mid-States Conference. Um, and the reason that we end up with Corvettes and Solstices is because for the money, yeah. you cannot go faster than a Corvette. And for the money, you right. cannot go right. faster than a Solstice. Sure. And we're not, you know, I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And I'm, I'm yeah. going the wrong direction. If I'm trying to get rich, I'm going the wrong direction. <laughs> well, there's that old saying, you know, how do you make a small fortune in racing? Start, Start with a big Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know, that's something that we've touched on in the past before too, which is, um, you know, if you're going to go to the track a bunch, if you want to race, if you want to do a bunch of track days, one of the one of the things you have to consider is, okay, well, is there a way to do that or, or find a platform that allows you to do that without without breaking the bank? Sure, and and you really can. I mean, a lot of people think that road racing or any type of motorsport has to be prohibitively expensive. Yeah. 
And it really doesn't. Yeah. I mean, if you don't mind racing slower, uglier, non-competitive cars, right. you can do it really, really inexpensively. Sure. Or, or in a class, I, I know through the years we've talked about like your national aspirated solstice, sure. which was a lower, which was you know, right. a T4. lower tier below. Yeah. But that again was something like you said, you, you really can't run the brakes and the tires off of it. But you you're really out can. there and in that class, it, for a long time it, it was can competitive. Win. Yeah, but, no, that, yeah. that one can actually win this season. Now I've got a V6 Camaro, yeah. which is a lot less money yeah. that won't win. Right. But if you wanted a way to have a street car that's also a race car that passes emissions, has roll-up windows, the heater works, the radio works, yeah. there you go. Sound, sounds luxurious. You lost me in emissions. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a heater that works? No, I got a heater that works. Oh, that's a priority. And a radio? Yeah, so. and, yeah that's, and I have a radio. You got to have those tunes when you're booking down all road to land. That's right. That's right. Well, and that, that's definitely one of those perspectives that I think not having that thing that you have to just jump right into the highest tier of racing or that right. you have to build up the most like a huge power car um, or a huge amount of power in your car to be competitive right that's where you will run into a lot of those roadblocks but you don't have to so you really don't and a, and a lot of people spend a lot of money in the wrong direction when they don't know the rules yeah and they don't even know really what they want to do you know right. do they want a autocross do they want a time attack do they yeah. want to rally cross do they want to road race do they you know drag race i mean a lot of people yeah. just don't know they know they love motorsports mm -hmm. but they don't know what segment and they don't know the rules yeah so they end up they end up modifying a car and it puts them in a class that they can't possibly right. be competitive in right. even if they're the world's best driver and if they would have just done some research before they yeah. could have saved money and been more competitive that is, that is, the research is something that seems to be, that, that gets overlooked most frequently. Sure. It is, it, you kind of have to look before you leap. You have to know what you're getting into well, to a certain and, extent. And the enthusiasm is there. Yeah. Like, I was born with the enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, you know, mom and dad told me that, you know, I was crawling on the carpet. Yeah. Up shifting and yeah. making the noises. I yep. mean. Yep. The difference in in tone yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I was like you know crawling. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of knew. Yeah. He's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he either got a gift or, or we got a problem. Yeah. Or both. Or both. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> might have a problem. Too sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, and and so in with your school, I mean, one of the things that um, that I think we've talked about is you you can. At the start, you kind of have to try stuff out. Like, yeah. like if you don't, if you have not done something before, like it, it's hard to say. Like, if you're sitting on your couch and you're thinking, I, I want to go out and race competitively. Like, it's hard to make the jump from the couch into a fully built race car <laughs> yeah. for a myriad of reasons. But sure. you, you might not actually like it. You might not be able to pick the form of racing that you would really want to. So, sure. like to a certain extent, that's one of the things that your school offers. You have a lot of different points of entry, a lot of different yeah. things that people could try. And, and we've got a lot of different types of cars. Yeah. I mean, are you better in a front-wheel drive car, rear-wheel drive car, all-wheel drive car? Yeah. Do you like turbos? Do you like V8s? Yeah. I mean, we have a variety of stuff that you can plug in and try, and yeah. let's just see how good you are in each type of car. And if you're better yeah. in front-wheel drive, then you should probably start yeah. off by doing that. 
How, how different would you say it is from, from a standpoint of driving at the track between front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, and all-wheel drive? Well, rear-wheel drive is the, the Mac Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> if you're, if you're going to drive Indy cars, open-wheel, right. you know, sports racers, right. you're not going to see any front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, one of those. Sure. So rear-wheel drive is the ultimate... Now, having said that, plenty of people, and you can get a front-wheel drive car to go very, very fast, yeah. and an all-wheel drive to go very, very fast, mm -hmm. even though kind of the standard, you know, Trans Am, it's all rear-wheel drive. Yeah. You know, IndyCar, all of that, it's all rear-wheel drive. So, you don't have to be good at rear-wheel drive, yeah. but if you're gonna go all the way up top, you've gotta be able to drive rear-wheel drive well. Mm -hmm not just front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Would you say that, hmm, would you say that there's things that you could learn from driving a front-wheel drive car or an all-wheel drive car that would be applicable to rear wheel? Or, or are they different enough that, that you kind of have to they're, take them, take them as, as different? They're, they're different enough that it's a whole different sequence. Now, if you're gonna be a top-level driver, you have to be adaptable. Okay. And back in the old days, if you were a driver, you yeah. could drive anything. Because you could adapt. Yes. Okay. We're racing lawnmowers. I've never been on right. one. Let me at it. <laughs> right. Let's find out. <laughs> I will figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I will figure it out in short order and win this race. Sure. And that's, you know, you look at any of the, you know, Mario Andretti could drive yeah. anything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You put, uh, I saw uh, Hamilton on Top Gear. Yeah. In like a front wheel drive 100 horsepower car yeah first time out top of the board right. fastest ever right right so yeah if once you get to that level and you can drive anything and you can adapt and to be fair there is video out there of kimmy raikkonen racing lawnmower yeah that was actually a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and and probably winning yes yeah right. oh yeah so what is what do you what does adaptability mean then? Like if you're going to get out there and drive, what does that mean? It's, it's the ability to interact with the vehicle and figure out the limits of the vehicle and then keep it at the limit mm -hmm. on the line. Right. If you can do that, you'll be fast. To be fast, I've said this over and over, requires three things. You've got to have the right line, got to have intensity, got to have feel. If you don't have any one of those, you can only be so fast and you'll never be a truly great amazing top driver without all three of those okay yeah and so if somebody came into your to your school or called you up and said I want to go racing I've never I've never driven a car in anger before on the track <laughs> where where would you where, where do you think what one or two of those places to start what like platforms or cars maybe that you have or just in general well the first thing you ask me is can you drive a stick shift? Okay, okay. Let's get into stay at age, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to anymore, but right. that's where I start. Okay. Um, and then I just try to see what kind of cars they like. Yeah. Because usually people will drive cars better that they like, okay? Mm, enthusiasm. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've got clients that they would rather finish dead dog last in a Porsche yeah. because they love Porsches sure. than to win in a Viper or a BMW or a Corvette. Okay. And that's fine. I mean, sure. if they're happy, I'm happy. If they don't want to win races, 
It's okay. Easy, easy money. Yeah. Right. I mean, we'll, we, no, we'll still trade the drivers only sure. one way, yeah. but in order to win races, you have to have four things. Yeah. You have to be fast, yeah. have to have the right car, have to be consistent, and you have to have good racecraft. Otherwise, okay. you can be fast all day long, and you'll never win a race. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So we just try and fit them in, see where the enthusiasm is. If you like Subarus, let's start there. Let's yeah. do Subarus. Let's call up John at Flatirons Tuning sure, sure. and get that baby dialed in, and we'll do the driving part and help yeah. develop the car, and let's start there. And and if, if you're going to start with somebody and build them up, like in to the point where they had a road race license. Sure. How, how long does that take? How many days at the track would you say? It takes five days with us, and you can go directly to a full competition SCCA license. Okay. Not a novice permit, not a log book. Right. We're talking the real thing, where you can race anywhere in the United States at the amateur level. If you have an SCCA full competition license, you can call NASA, send them a copy and some money, you will immediately get a NASA license. Same thing with uh, vintage. If you want to race vintage, if you want to do endurance, yeah. that's that's the license. If you have that at the amateur level, you can race anywhere in the United States. Gotcha. And and just broad strokes over this five day period, just kind of can you give a sense of where you would start, kind of what like generally speaking, what you kind of be working on in the middle, and then what some of the final stages are. We always, we always start in the classroom and we go over the line, the different types of line, you know, like a classic and a late apex line. Those are the two bread and butter. You yeah. got to know those two. Yeah. Then, um, you know, hand position. Yeah. You would be amazed at how some people drive a car. You wouldn't be sure. amazed. It's, it's <laughs> not right. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, the hand positions yeah. are crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you would be surprised how many people are on their track and yeah. they are going through corners like this, or their hands are all crossed up, sure. and they are exhausted at the yeah. end of you know a twenty-minute session, yeah. and they're going slow because they're fighting the car. Right. So we try and clean that up. We get the eye targeting. Where is mm -hmm. the turn in? Where is the apex? Where is the exit? Because otherwise you'll get lost. So we start there as a foundation, and then we just build from there. Because without that as a foundation, mm -hmm. you can only go so far, right. and then we'll have to come back and get one of those foundational bits. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it, so we know we know what that looks like, where, you know, if, if you're going to start and do the lesson. Um, is it, is I'm sorry. sorry. Is it typical? Like, do you guys get people who have, like, I have never driven, like, ever, and I want to get my competition license through this program, and is that common? It's not common because if you've never driven ever, we start you out on the street and sure. get you your driver's license, although yeah. although now you don't have to have your driver's license. You can get an SCCA full competition license at 14 if you've got karting experience yeah. or something like that. And that's new as of about four years ago. It used to be you had to have a permit, you had to have a driver's license, not anymore. But most of the people, yes, they have driver's licenses. They're kind of car enthusiasts. They like cars. They like to go fast. The intensity part of my little three-piece puzzle to be fast, I usually don't have to teach. Sure. If you called me, you probably got the intensity. Right. Yeah. 
you're probably getting tickets on the road right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just be it. Just be it. Uh, every day. Every day. <laughs> but what we what we try and do after we build that base is then I'll show them a technique and then we go on the line. Because you'd be amazed at how many people that had been out to whatever track they practiced on over and over and over don't have a correct line. Sure. And if you're going to set records, you've got to have a perfect line. Mm -hmm. You can't have a kind of sort of, you know, it's got to be exactly perfect. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be able to hit it over and over and over. So <clears throat> we've always started off with the line and then added the intensity until we get to the limit. Kind of try and figure out where to be on the track first, right. and then once you know where to be, then work on building speed. Right, and we get a lot of people that are even doing very well or winning races, but they want to be faster yet. Mm -hmm. And it always amazes me how many people are winning races, and they'll come to the school, and I'll be able to make them a second, two seconds faster because they're fighting with the car and they don't realize it because it's normal for them. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Those old, those bad habits yeah. that people develop yeah. without yeah. driving instruction. Yeah. That was definitely one of the things that when Jeanette started driving and when we started driving, okay. talking about the benefit of having a driving instructor early on in the process sure. mm -hmm. because you, you, it saves you money in the long run because you're not riding your brakes or you're not doing, you're not fighting the car yeah, and exactly. you know, not overdriving it and you're figuring out the limits of like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do with the car or whatever. And I mean, that money being spent on early on driving instruction sure. surely pays for itself in the long run, you know? Yeah. And, and, and we should say top-level driving instruction. Mm -hmm. sure. Because there's a lot of people out there that have never raced, aren't very fast, don't know how to teach, and they will teach you for free. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Man, are you going to drag me out like this? Drag me out like that? Man! Man! I was, I was looking over here. I was not looking <laughs> That's true, yeah. Viet Viet's tips are free. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Just the Always. tips though. Just the tips. <laughs> well, and that's and that is that is worth mentioning is that there's there's different levels of instruction. And yeah. and it's that is that is something that's hard to be aware of if you don't have some kind of basis right. of what is normal. Like right. what 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 would you expect? Right. Um, but but it is definitely true. Like depending on a person's experience coming in, you know what the instruction that they're able to give might not be the same as somebody that's won forty six championships. Um, I will say the, the other thing that I've seen with people from time to time is it, and this is kind of one of the reasons I was asking about the difference in platforms. Is there's some platforms like a Porsche nine eleven, for instance, right. where the engineering is just wrong. <clears throat> <laughs> somehow it works. Somehow it works. Like, don't get mad at Porsche people. But what you do to like, drive you that car. You guys are a Suru shop, though, right? <laughs> like well, you know. Pots and kettles. But, <laughs> no, but the engine's in the right spot. Like, they, they, they literally built that car backwards. But, but that's another notice, discussion. Notice how my lips are not moving. No, <laughs> you probably were not to, not to open this can. But, but the reason I, I bring it up is that that is a platform that's a car that 
you can absolutely be very, very fast, oh, sure. but the way that you drive that car sure. is unique to that platform yep. because of the way that the platform is set up. Yep. Absolutely. But if you don't have an understanding of that, right. and then you try and, and teach somebody to drive in a different platform, like say, a, you know, an all-wheel drive or a front-wheel drive car sure. that's like really polar opposite sure. to driving an 11, that's not going to work. Well, at the, at the lower levels, it won't work because the sequence and the and the interaction is totally different. Yeah. But let's say you learn at a high enough level so that now, let's say you're turning the same lap times as the lap record in a SCCA road racing class. So you're doing, you know, a lot of stuff right. Yeah, yeah. Now you get to the place where you can adapt and the car no longer matters. You will be fast sure. in everything. The track no longer matters. Mm. The weather no longer matters. Right. And you will be fast. The car tells you what it's going to tell you and you just... And you, you do what it tells sure. you. Yeah. But, but for a novice coming in, yeah. they wouldn't have that. <laughs> yeah, and if somebody's telling you, telling them like, okay, so turn in and then mash the gas. Right. Like, and just keep your foot pinned to the floor, <laughs> they're going to have a rough day. Well, and one of the things, humbly, that we try to do better than the other schools is give you a roadmap. Yeah. To break it up into little bitty pieces because I can see it. That's one of the gifts I have. Now, I can't remember yeah. somebody's name at a party. Right. But I can remember exactly what you did on a lap, moment by moment, and stuff yeah. about cars that I amaze myself. Yeah. But if you can break it up into small enough pieces, and if you can articulate what the difference is between perfect technique and what you're doing, and then show the person, yeah. so they can not only see it, but they can feel it, yeah. mm -hmm. everybody gets that. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Once, once you do it right and you feel what the difference yeah. is. Yeah. Sure. And then they're like, oh, and this is easier. Yeah. And I'm faster? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool. Well, let's let's change the subject a little bit. So okay. one of one of the reasons that we I wanted to bring you in is uh, there is right right now out there on Netflix there's a movie called Uppity oh, about yeah. Willie T. Ribs. And so you you are you're My not buddy. yes you're not an infrequent guest to the show. And, and when you came in one day we were start talking about this and it in I think a lot of us here have watched the the movie and it's a really interesting story. And oh, so yeah. like if you're if you're listening or watching this and you have not seen that, Did, don't be a shitty white person. Well, first, watch all of this. First, watch all of this episode, but then go watch that movie because it's a yeah. pretty amazing oh, yeah. story. I mean, yeah. um, but one of the things that one of the things that stands out for one is just how amazing of a driver he is. Oh yeah, he he. Willie Ribs is somebody that I was I was young. I did not. I was not aware of, of what he was doing at the time, but then sure. you go back and watch oh, yeah. you know, the people that he was running against oh, in, yeah. in the areas that he was driving was pretty amazing. Oh yeah. What's more amazing is the diversity that he went through to get where he went. Or lack yeah. thereof. Or, or, or lack thereof. <laughs> right. The, the diversity he faced that kept him from going certain places. Right. And that's, yeah. that's rough. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to talk about what you were saying about how when you get to a really high level, it doesn't matter what car you're in, right. what tires you have, what the weather's like, you're just fast. Yep. I mean, that's basically what what kind of a driver he oh, was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because he started out doing, I think it was Formula Fords, mm -hmm. like over Europe, and then he came over and he raced NASCAR, he, Trans Am. Yeah, he ruled Trans Am. 
when yeah. he got to Trans Am. He yeah. just ruled Trans Am. Yeah, and he was he was just always fast everywhere. Yeah. So I mean, a perfect example of of that. Yeah, what you're saying. Um, but there's 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 another interesting aspect of his story, which is that he had gone to the point like he started off with basically self-funding racing mm -hmm, and, sure. he, and he found out like hey I really have <laughs> a gift for this I really want to try and pursue it right but he hit he hit the wall for what he could like self-fund to out he, there and race. he ran out of money like everybody in the world sure. that's not wealthy runs out of sure. money doing racing sure. yeah and then one of the struggles that he had was how do you how do you line up sponsorship dollars sure. and whatever to sure. then I, I know that I want to race in this platform, but how can I line up the sponsors of dollars or get on with the team right. to run this 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 series to be competitive? Right. And it's it was it was certainly not easy for him, and I would say it's probably not easy for most people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. I mean, sponsorship is a is an interesting thing because the best way to get sponsorship, yeah, is when you're going to school decide on a path that makes you tons of money right make yourself a millionaire <laughs> or billionaire right and now you always have sponsorship because you're your own sponsor yeah, yeah that's the easiest yeah. way you don't have to jump over any hurdles you don't have to schmooze sure you just have to pick the right deal trade stocks whatever become a billionaire and now you can race. It's, right. it's just that easy. Right? Sure. That's, that's how Paul Newman did it. That's right. That's exactly how Paul Newman did it. Yeah. For most people, um, personal relationships are what get sponsorships. Hmm. And if you have good personal relationships with people that have disposable income mm -hmm. and they like you, yeah. you don't even have to be that good. Right. Because they like you. Right. Where do we that, find these people with yeah. the money? Yes. Where, like, where are these people? I have a list. No. <laughs> <laughs> we want to get a lot of likes. That would be That's the right. way to. Oh That's yeah. Right. Well, it, but but to be fair, you have been been down this path. So so oh, yeah. You most a lot of the, the paths. <laughs> sure. Well, a lot of the reason that you do now is it, I mean that's it's part of your school and it's their their your cars. You're not on a team per se, but right. you have been basically a professional driver. You oh, have sure. been a sponsored driver. Oh yeah. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you made that transition from basically just, just racing whatever you could do on your own and then making that next step up because I think that a lot of people once you really get into driving, once you once you really start trying to compete, like that's kind of the next point where people kind of set their sights. It's like sure. how can I really get sponsored? Sure. Oh, so, sorry, we're waiting for the camera. Okay. Oh, maybe. Is it recording? All right, sweet. But, but so how, how can you make that leap? So how can you get, actually land that first sponsorship? What I always tell everybody is you have to be in the arena to be noticed. Okay. In other words, if you're doing autocross and you're winning autocross, typically... And I have nothing against autocross. I started with autocross. Nobody cared if I won autocross. Right. Okay. So you have to go far enough up the food chain that if and when you do well, people that are really good in that field, you've done well. Well, so that, Yes. Yeah. So that when you have a trophy and you say, I won this, People know that that's something. Right. 
as opposed to typically if you get an autocross trophy and I still have my first one that I won, I won't even tell you what year, right? <laughs> no one cares. They don't even know what it is. But if you win the Indy 500, sure. mm -hmm. if you win the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, oh yeah. So, so kind of like what you're saying is the first step is to build up the driving resume. The first step is to become a good driver. Sure. Because you want to be ready for the opportunity. I'll tell you a short story. I was racing up in Aspen, and I met a guy with a lot of money, and we were talking, mm -hmm. and we kind of had a bonding, and what he told me was, if you beat the lap record, we will make a place for you. Okay. That's the opportunity. Yeah, okay. Because you look at his trailer, okay, he's got some money. Right. He likes you, or he wouldn't have made the offer. Right. So now it's showtime. Yeah. Are you a driver or not? Right. Do you have the right car or not? Right. I beat the lap record by two seconds. Wow. Ooh. He found a place for me. All right. He bought two cars. We did two seasons. All because at that moment, I was ready. Mm -hmm. And I delivered. If I'd have gone under the lap record and gone slow. Right. Okay, nice conversation. Sorry, pal. Right, maybe next time. Yeah, maybe. Next year. Well, no, there's not usually a next there's time. Not, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you get one shot with that one person in the window of time that they like you and yeah. they're ready to spend the money mm -hmm. on you. Yeah. And if you blow that opportunity, yeah, you have to start from scratch typically mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just, I'm 100% agreeance. I mean, I get people ask me all the time because they think I'm some crazy sponsored driver and it's it's not exactly like that but the thing that i think most people overlook is they think they can be sitting on their couch one day like you know what i want to build a car let me see who's going to give me free stuff and like the truth is is that you're investing in not only yourself but in your car and into your program and going to events and yeah i mean i would imagine from a sponsorship perspective that you have to be doing something before you can say that you can do anything at all you know, for that company, whether it's exposure, right. you know, and in your case is, is like the perfect example. Like you didn't, weren't sitting at your couch one day. He's like, you know what? I think I'm going to go out there and take the old Camry out there and then see if this guy will buy some parts. You know, it's right. how many, uh, autocross championships did you have? I don't have any like national championships, just regional and, uh, regional tour, uh, wins and stuff like that. But I mean, I did it for 15 years and you had no fame. None, yeah. You didn't get ready by like, <laughs> no. so back to what, what Mike was yeah. saying, it's like, you be as good as you want in autocross and you're not yeah. going to get noticed. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like what we were talking about before this started, you know, some part of it is being like, in, they say in the arena, but like in this case, I'm looking at it like the, the thing that's popular and hip and trendy, you know, drifting sure. was the hip and yeah. trendy thing sure, for a sure. while, and it still is, but... Time Attack is one of those growing sure. motorsports that's got a lot of Flavor youth. Flavor of the month. Yeah, yeah. got sure. a lot of youth yeah. driving it and stuff like that. Yeah. And and it sounds silly to say, like, well, I don't really want to compete against, because I'm not saying it like that, but I don't want to compete against the best drivers in the country. I want to compete where the most exposure is mm -hmm. in the country. And, you know, you 500 drivers at the runoffs with SCCA or sure. 25,000 spectators at Gridlap Midwest, sure. what's going to have the bigger impact? Well, but ultimately, you want to do both. Yeah. Ultimately, you want to do 
World Challenge mm-hmm. or IndyCar. Sure, I would or, love to do World Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get both. Yeah. yeah. You get the top drivers in the world right. and you get the spectators and you get the TV and you get the prize money and, and, and. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I always, I always try to, I mean, I do what the client wants. If they want, sure. if they like autocross, we do autocross. So it's fine. But if they want a career with this, yeah, it's pretty rare to find professional autocross drivers that have made a career of this. Sure. Of autocross. They're, they're yes. Yeah. They're out there. There's a couple. Right. But you're not gonna you're not gonna see the same number of people that are sponsored in IndyCar mm-hmm. yeah. or World Challenge or Trans Am. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So. Well, so, so to a certain extent, like if you really love autocross, I mean, maybe just know that that's kind yeah. of the lay of it. Sure. But if you really want to do, well, be a, a professional driver, have a shot at being a professional sure. driver, you've got to kind of go where the eyes are and where the sponsor's eyes are. Um, and, and you've got to test yourself at the highest level. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's better to finish dead dog last in a group of super drivers yeah. than to beat everybody that can't drive a nail. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you know. Make I me mean, feel better about my last place finish at Nationals. Last place at Nationals. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's right. But at least you were there. Yeah. 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 And see, I would, I would counsel you to do that over and over and you won't be last place the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you won, you know, over and over, you know, at a place that there's not good drivers, right. what, is, what does that do for you as a right. driver? Right. Yeah. The, the challenge yeah. becomes less and less. Yeah. You've got to surround yourself with people that can really do this at a high level. And I've been very fortunate. I mean, I've competed against and know some of the best drivers in the world. Yeah. And it's an amazing thing to watch. Yeah. I mean, you can't believe how fast you can actually go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and in, in one of the, I mean, one of the things that you said as well is you had to be ready. So oh, when, yeah. when the opportunity presented itself, yep. back to what you were saying, you can't just come off the couch. You have to put in <laughs> the effort. Yeah, I can do that. Oh, it's so hard. It looks so easy on TV. <laughs> right, right. I didn't feel that bump at Forza. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, but it's, you have to put in the time so that you can, like, be ready when the opportunity strikes yeah. and and hopefully have the tools to know how to push know where to push right. and actually set down a, a, a blistering fast time when well and, and you yeah. have to be able to create value yeah okay because like Hoosier is one of my sponsors yeah Hoosier loves me yeah and I love them yeah and even when I was sponsored by Kumho I would still tell you that Hoosier makes the best tire. I wouldn't tell you in front of the Kumho right. head of the Kumho sure. organization. Right. But, and I counsel everybody to do Hoosier tires because yeah. they are the best. Yeah. And we've I've tested, I've been sponsored by BF Goodrich and Hoosier and Toyo and Yokohama. Yeah. I would tell you either way. You've got the, te- the data, the testing yeah. to, to reflect that. Yeah. And, and they love me having, using Hoosier Tire because I'm an ambassador for Hoosier right. Tire. Right. Same thing with, with you guys. If anybody needs a Subaru part, Hopefully they are calling you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know that. Yeah. 
Um, you know, MX Chevrolet and Volkswagen, they're a sponsor. Yeah. Hog Brakes, they're a sponsor. And yeah. I, again, I, I go with what I believe in. In other words, if somebody wanted me to, you know, if Toyo Tire called me tomorrow and said, you know, we want you to do this, and I have to say that they're the best tire, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Yeah. Because they're not. Right. As we sit here. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that, that is an aspect of sponsorship as, as you're kind of coming in to, to, to have to find a sponsor, to try and negotiate with a sponsor deal or whatnot, that, that it often gets missed, is that it is, it is not a one-way street. Right. It is not that you're going to sponsor me, I'm going to put your sticker on my car, by the time the sticker's on the car, my job is done, I'll just go out there and drive like I always do. Well, and the, it's, it's a two-way street. The sponsors have to know who you are. Yeah. If you're, if they don't know who you are, sure. You can even be fast, mm -hmm. but if you don't have a resume, if you're not there over and over and over. Right. I mean, I always see the Hoosier guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm at every SCCA major super tour runoffs, and they're there. Yeah. And they notice the results. And I'm always up, I don't always win, but I'm always up towards the front. Yeah. So you've got to create a resume so that when you present it to a company, they will see year after year after year that A, you're a real, whatever you're trying to be, road racer, time attack, whatever. Yeah. And you've gotten good results. Yeah. Hopefully you won. Yeah. Yeah. That's always good. Winning always winning always helps. <laughs> but but yeah, you have to be present. You you have to participate. Yeah. Um it's not it's something where you can't have just built the car and not done anything yet. That's that's a really hard sell. Right. It's like, okay, well, have you done a whole season yet? No, I haven't. Well once you do a whole season, come back and let's time. Yeah. Once do you even done have your season? road racing license. Right. Well no, I was thinking about it and I thought you know, okay, well yeah. great, you know. Do you think I mean is is are there some, well, for most people, it's probably safe to say that you probably need at least a season or two of results, ideally decent results showing improvement, to really have enough of a resume and foundation to really start to, to have these conversations. If you're, if you're really good, all you really need is a season. Okay. If you do an entire season of SCCA, and I always say SCCA first because SCCA has the the best competition not that mm. there's anything wrong with nasa or vintage i've raced them both and i like them both but if you want to if you want to get the hardest championship to win you go to the scca runoffs okay you will get the john heinrichs you will get i mean a lot of pro racers will come and do that okay and you want to see how good you're not Right. Go there. Right. <laughs> you you will you, they they are, they serve heaping helpings of humble pie. Yeah. You thought you were a driver. Guess what? When you, when you go into something like that, how much how much is there for you as a driver if you're trying to improve? Let, like let's say you 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 end up being almost last place. How much is there to learn and to take away from that? Oh, tons. I mean, the thing about it is. If you thought you were a good driver because in your little pocket yeah. you've been beating everybody, but you've never experienced a top level super driver, yeah. oh yeah, it's 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 a huge 
shock. Yeah. You will be passed so fast in places that you thought you were going as fast as it was possible, and your mouth will just drop open. I can yeah. tell you story after story. Yeah. And that's why you go. I love going to runoffs because it's a pilgrimage. Mm. It's a week and a half pilgrimage of going fast every day and you only have 20 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Almost trying to, to drive out there with those drivers and, and pick up as much as you can from oh, what, yeah. what they're doing. And, and the thing is, everybody in the top half can drive. Sure. So at the lower levels, you can outdrive people. If your car isn't set up, you can outdrive them. Here, everybody can drive. It's like going to a Superman convention. Right. Everybody can leap tall buildings in a single bound. Right. It's no big right. deal here. Okay. <laughs> everybody is faster than right. a speeding bullet. Right. Yeah. Now in your little neighborhood, okay, you were the man. Yeah. But no, here, everybody can do that. Right. Yeah. So now you get to see what's the difference between if you're fast and you turn in the same lap time Mm. and you're not winning races and they're always winning races. Mm -hmm. Usually it's racecraft and consistency. Okay. Yeah. So being able to turn like not not just the fastest lap but doing it over and over and over. Oh yeah. I mean passing and where you pass yeah. and the risks and yeah. chances you take and yep. I mean we you've seen that in videos where I mean even some local drivers we know did runoffs somebody mm-hmm. took a, a chance and made a bad pass and then put them into a situation because sure. I mean that stuff happens yeah or or you know some drivers are always crashing they're always being taken out by other drivers and other drivers almost never crash, mm-hmm. and they, that never happens to them. Yeah. yeah. Now, luck is luck, okay, sure. but there's more to it than just that. Sure. Yeah. Being, being in the right place or the wrong place at, exactly. at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Racecraft and consistency. And figuring yeah. that out. Yeah. So, so kind of you know, going and competing at that level, you, you can pick up a lot of that. Oh, yeah. You can see it, and then you can go to the pitch, you can talk to the people, yeah. You can see who set their car up, who built their car. What are the differences? Why yeah. is it? Is it car? Is it driver? Is it setup? Is it consistency? Is, is it, it racecraft? Is it all of them? Is it well? <laughs> <Right>. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's just one thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that's again what we try to do in the school. It's mm-hmm. like you know because a lot of people are developing their car and they'll go on the internet and so-and-so said to do this. Right. Well, okay, I did that and now the car is even harder to drive and I'm going a little faster, but right. now I've lost control of the car like two, three times. Right, it's not so, consistent. Yeah, so, so we try to set it up for the driver so that the driver, yes, make the driver better, but then if the driver has a preference on how the car is set up, mm-hmm. set the car up for the driver. And the driver's going to be faster and more consistent. Okay. And different drivers have different, you know, ways that they like the car. Sure. You know, I like a car that oversteers just a little bit. I've had plenty of clients that like cars that understeer just a little bit. Okay. We set it up for them. Right. Yeah. Make, make the necessary adjustments to, to build the confidence. Yeah. Because if the driver's not confident, either they're not going to go as fast because they're scared or if they're fearless, they're going to lose control of the car and crash mm-hmm. sometimes. So you want to be right in that window all the time on the line and using good racecraft. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you will win races. Sure. How, how important do you think as a driver is it to have 
some level of mechanical understanding of what is going on with the car? Um, it's, it's, it's important enough to be able to describe what the car is doing to the people that know all about the car. Mm -hmm. You so, need to know that. Okay. So you don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to know how to change a tire. Right. But you have to know what the tires do, right. <laughs> and you have to be able to communicate it to the people that work on the car. Communicate what the car is or isn't doing. Yes, in little bitty pieces. Right. Because some of the best engineers and crew chiefs, they can watch you, and they know the car is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, but it still has to feel good to you. Right. And they don't right. know what feels good to you unless you tell them. Okay. And if you get a really good one, you don't have to be as good because they've done this for so long. When you say this, even if you didn't describe it accurately, they'll know what you meant because they saw it right. and they can fix it. Right. And those are the guys you want to hold on to. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, so one other question I've got for you. Back, back to sponsorship. Have you, have you ever been in a situation where you're competing for a seat with another driver and you're, you're at the track and you both have to get in the car <laughs> sure. and go out there and drive. Absolutely. And and only one of you is going to come away with, with that's, the seat. That's called a driver test. Yeah. And, that's, and what usually happens is the fastest driver gets the seat. Now, that doesn't always happen. If, yeah. you're, if you're really fast, yeah. And you're a total jerk. Yeah. You can be second fastest and get the sponsorship. Okay. Or if you're the fastest and you crash the car, yeah. usually you're not going to get it. Although I know drivers that have crashed the car and still got the sponsorship. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's not that's, too late, John. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you put in the driver's seat and you say crash, and I can probably figure it out. But it, it all depends because. If you've amassed enough of a reputation that you're super fast, mm. you can crash a car here and there. As long as you're super fast. And people that will still stay with you. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what, what is that like when you're, when you're just, you show up to the track that morning and you're like, this is this is head-to-head -head battle. Like, what, do you, what is your approach? What is your mindset? Well, what I do, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I have, I've come to realize that if I just go there get a good night's sleep, go there, and do what I do, mm -hmm. I'll be fine. Okay. I don't have to psych up, I don't have to, if I just focus and bring the intensity mm -hmm. and bring the sequence that I do, it's kind of like loading a program in the matrix. Yeah. Okay. I just load it and I run the program, and usually I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. So but it wasn't it wasn't always like that. Always when like I that. when I started, you know, I wouldn't sleep the night before, and I was psyching up and all that stuff. And and after you do it for, in my case, about ten years, you're like, you know, I can I can kind of do this. Mm -hmm. It's I don't really need to do all of that. Right. I can just show up. So now, if I didn't sleep the night before, and I haven't had coffee, you don't even have to feed me. <laughs> just, just just bring me out to the racetrack, give right. me a little bit of water, right. and let me know it's now time to go fast. Right. Yeah. I'll load the program and engage. Yeah. 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 Throw the old three and a half inch floppy in, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. dial in. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and that's a really cool feeling yeah. to be in that place. Sure. That you know that you can go fast at will. Does that, I'm, I'm guessing that that comes a lot from the experience, from spending the time doing all of the work to get to the point where you, where you have the sequence. Yes. That's, it's, that's it's, the key part of it. It's, it's all sequence. It's not seat time. It's sequence. Mm -hmm. So if you have top-level sequence, and, and I've told you this story over and over, you can take Lewis Hamilton yeah. to a track that he's never been to, yeah. put him in a car he's never been in, so he's got no seat time, he's got no familiarity, he will turn the fastest lap you have ever seen in very short order. Right. That is sequence. It is not seat time. Right. And any top-level driver can do that. Any of them. Yeah. Or they're not a top level driver. Right. Yeah. So have <laughs> if you, you're if you're only fast on your track in your car, you can be a good driver, you can win some races, maybe even some championships. Yeah. But you're not a super driver. You're right. just you're just not. Right. That that's what you gotta to work towards. Yeah. I mean that's that's what I aspire always to get better and better and yeah. better. Because nobody cares how fast you were. Right. How fast are you? <laughs> well, today? last year I won the championship. Oh, well, we'll just let you win again. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> no respect at all. Right. Yeah, those guys are looking at me like, not this year. <laughs> not right. if I have that's anything right. to say about so it. You got the target right <laughs> on your back. Oh, that's the guy. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Have you have you ever gone out with the driver? I, I think I've heard I've heard you tell a story about oh, this. Oh man. Well, <laughs> you like to this try to try and pick up what they're doing. Uh, like, oh yeah, sure, like sure, trying, sure. Like hey, hey, you know somebody that you know. Like let's let's go out to the sure. track. Let's let's go out. I'll drive the old drive. Sure. And let's let's just try and like see what each other. Sure. Is doing. I I told you the story. I hired a driver last year. Okay. That is a super driver. Yeah. I provided the cars. Yeah. I taught him the track on Saturday. Yeah. And on Sunday I said, okay, show it to me. Yeah. If you crash the cars, you crash the cars. Right. Mm -hmm. But I want to see everything you've got. Okay. And we did lead follow. Mm -hmm. We did ride alongs. We did data. Mm -hmm. We switched cars. We did more. We spent an entire day. Yeah. And I know exactly yeah. the difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. Point by point, piece by piece. To me, and that was a very expensive day. Sure, sure. No cars were <laughs> yeah. crashed though, right? <laughs> no, no cars were so, crashed. Yeah, that's but brakes had to be replaced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Tires. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was an expensive day. But knowledge like that, most people don't even have access to mm -hmm. sure. ever in their sure. lives. Yeah. So it was worth whatever I had to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what do you what do you do with that then? Is it is it you... So, so what... It's probably worth mentioning that when you say sequence, like yeah. what, basically what it's, that is, is how you approach a corner, go into a corner, go through right. the corner, come out of the corner, and then set up for the next one. It's so, in it's in great detail every single thing that you do, right? From where you look to where you grip the wheel to when you brake yeah. to how you brake, mm -hmm. as far as right. brake application, duration, releasing, yeah. all of that is part of the sequence. Yeah. And there are minute differences between the top drivers in the world, typically, and yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. 
And if you can get that singled out, focused on, and take that piece and work on that piece, yeah. and then reintegrate it into what you did before, you will always be faster. So you're trying to get this information and then pull it into how you drive into your sequence yes. to, then, to then take it up to the next level. And then make it yours. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes you can't do it exactly the way they do it. Sure. Or you can, but it scared the crap out of you. Right. <laughs> and right. you did it once, but you're not ever wanting to do that again. Right. So you have to do it the way you do it, but the physics has to be the same yeah. to the car. Mm. That's the key. Mm. And, it's, and, and that's why I love my job. Sure. I mean, I'm guessing, like, you, you, you did this last year. Yeah. You, you've got 40-some championships. And you're still looking for oh, yeah. there's there's other pieces to be found. Oh yeah, always. Yeah. And and oh by the way, leave the ego at the door. Sure. Leave it at home because sure. you're gonna be humble. Sure. That's why you brought the guy out there. Right. Yeah. Right. How many of those how many of those good drivers how many how many drivers like that do you think like at, at SCC runoffs? I mean, you said, is it the top 50%? Is it the top 5 or 10 guys? It's, like it's, um, it depends on the class, of course. But it's probably it's probably the top 25%. Okay. Yeah. And, and in pro racing, it's probably the top 50%. Like in World Challenge, in GT, or the top classes. Um, whereas, you know, in, in Vintage... It's not that you can't have a really good driver in vintage. You can, but the top drivers are not going to gravitate to vintage mm -hmm. because of the rest the restrictions. Okay. If you have a little rubbing, a little bumping, you're disqualified for a year. Right. So you're not going to get the you know the John Heinrichs. You're not going to get the uh, Andrew Apollonis. You're not going to get the the top people that win over and over and over. You're, you're just not going to get them. Yeah. Because they're not going to go there because they're going to be kicked out. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. And usually you're not going to get them in NASA just because it would be too easy for them to win. Hmm. You know. Just because the, the, the field is not as deep it's, with the competitive it's drivers. Typically not. And again, I, I, I love NASA. <laughs> I love vintage. I don't want it to sound like I don't, but I'm just saying that typically. Yeah. You're not going to get a John Heinrichsy, who is sponsored by Phoenix Performance, right. to win, and he's won more national championships, I think, than probably anybody else. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find him in NASA because you don't have to be as good, typically, right. to win there. Right. It's just not as hard. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. What I tell people is do a season of SCCA, and if SCCA is like, oh my gosh, go to NASA, go to Vintage, and you'll be it's, very happy there. Yes. Yeah. But do the season of what I call, I mean, not that the others aren't real racing, they are real racing, but do the highest level of competition that you can find. The, the form of racing that is, that is as challenging as possible yes. for what you're trying to yes. do. It's like if, if you're training to be a Navy SEAL, they're not going to make you do two push-ups and then you're done for the day. Right. Oh, it's for real. Right. And most of the people don't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, and it, it sounds like 
I mean, I can I can hear now. I'm sure everybody can. You still have the passion to find <laughs> that challenge. Always. And so, like, is it is it that that is that is what driving gives you is that avenue to find this this challenge for for the the race craft or, or going up against these other drivers. I, I think that's just the intensity. Mm. And intensity is the hardest thing to teach. You yeah. can't really teach intensity. Right. Like if somebody doesn't really care whether they win or lose and average is okay, they're probably not going to be a championship winning road racer. Right. Now there's plenty of other things that they can do. Right. But you, you've got to have those elements because it's going to be hard. Hmm. I mean, it looks really easy right. until you're right there. And you're right. within you're within three tenths of a second of winning, and you're doing everything you possibly know how. You are at the limit. Right. I mean, you know, you're <laughs> every fiber of your being is on fire to do what you're doing, and you've got to go three tenths faster, mm -hmm. or you're not going to win. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to do it over and over and over. And then you've got to figure out how to pass the guy that's going three-tenths of a second faster now that you've figured out how to go three-tenths right. of a second faster. Right. Now you got yeah. to around them. Yeah. yeah. That, is, that is definitely a challenge that is unique. Yeah. So. Hmm. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes it great. That is. Now I'm quoting from baseball movies. There of course, it's hard. That's what makes you it great. build it. They will rock. <laughs> oh yeah, rock baseball movie. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, maybe select. Probably not. If Tasso is here, you'd appreciate yeah. driving through a field and yeah. it's his dreams. Yeah. Dri driving through a field of dreams. Yeah. Because you know, he'll third guy. Driving through a field is his dream. <laughs> yeah. I still love it. Like, there's no crying in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie. Yes. But no yeah, crying. no crying in racing either. Yeah, well, you can cry. You can cry. Yeah, it happens only if you win. Them. Yeah, through through a lot of adversity. Well, and it's you know the the problem is nothing is as much fun as this. Mm. I've done a lot of fun stuff in my yeah. life. Yeah, and I've tried to find something more fun. I really have. Yeah, nothing is more fun than this well, for me. And 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 you know moving up in in the difficulty that that you have. I mean, that that is, the challenge just keeps on building. Sure. Yeah. Because you can always go faster, and you always have to go faster. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how fast you went last year. It doesn't matter if you have the lap record. You have to go faster, typically. Yeah. Because people have been targeting you. Uh, I remember when we did the Central City Hill Climb. Mm -hmm. I won it all three years. The last year... The guy beat my time for the previous year, and it took the last run, and I just, I laid it all on the table. Mm. Okay. Wow. And he had way more horsepower than I did. Yeah. So you got to go through the corners faster if you don't yeah. have the horsepower, and it's uphill, and it's at 8,500 feet. Mm -hmm. He had a turbo car. I yeah. had a normally aspirated car, and I won by uh, six seconds. Oh, wow. Okay. So he was right there, and he thought he could win, and then it was six seconds. Wow. And then you just got to smack that stuff down. Yeah. Because when they get that hope, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the See dangerous that thing. Yeah. <laughs> because then they're, they're really motivated. Yeah. But if they're like, oh, my gosh, six seconds. Well, there's no way I can yeah. do that. 
This is, then, then you're okay for a moment. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the things, being being one of those top-tier drivers, you also have a target on your back. Yeah. You've got all these other people that are trying to come up. Sure. And, and their eyes are set on beating you. Well, and, and a lot of people think they can just beat you. I mean, I, I remember there was a guy, um, he would always challenge me. Mm-hmm. And, and he was an okay driver, but he just, he was, he was just okay. So I let him, uh, I put him in our Mazda Protégés, 105 horsepower, the slowest car yeah. we have. Yeah. I said, you go ahead and practice all day yeah. on this course. Yeah. Tell me when you're ready. Okay. And we'll do a lap for time. Yeah. So he, he practiced all day long. He yeah. says, okay, I'm ready. I said, okay, go. We put a stopwatch. Yeah. I beat him by three seconds. In a 105 horsepower car, yeah. and the slower the car is, the closer the time. Yeah, are. sure. Yeah, and he was just he was flabbergasted. He's like, "Well, how do you do that?" I said, "It's sequence. Mm. Let me teach you." He never did do a lesson. Mm. Let me teach you exactly what I'm doing. It's not magic. Yeah. The car doesn't know the difference. If you do that, it'll go just as fast. Yeah, yeah. So to that, I mean. Kind of like what Ryan had said about seat time. I, yeah. You know, I think that so coming coming out from a more novice standpoint. Sure. You know, I want to drive at the track. You start driving at the track. Sure. You start going out there, and <laughs> let, let's say you've even driven for like a couple of years at your local racetrack. Sure. You've got a, sure, a sure. good number sure. of track days underneath your belt. Sure. And you have this feeling that I've got this, which okay. it kind of sounds like he maybe had this feeling like I've got this. <laughs> What what is it? What is it that? And I'm, I'm guessing that there's some people that the more time that they drive, the faster that they get. To a point. But then yes. there's some people where they get to the, they just plateau and then they just aren't able to right. like, improve beyond that. What do you think contributes to that? And then how do you break through that? Stubbornness is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, what most people do is they they do it over and over and over. And they practice incorrect sequence, mm. and they turn up enough intensity, and they go faster and faster until they reach a plateau. Then they apply more intensity, and they lose control of the car, and they crash. Okay. Okay. Then they either do that again over and over and over, or they seek instruction, because more intensity, if your sequence is not correct, will not help you go faster ever, because it's not about the intensity. It's always about the feel mm. and the line. The feel of the car yes. and the line that you're putting the car on. The ability to interact with the car and predict to anticipate as opposed to react to what mm. the car is doing, to know in advance what the car is going to do and let the car come to you. Mm-hmm. When you can do that, you're going to be really good. Most people react to the car instead of processing what the car needs, being on the perfect line, and then just doing that over and over. Because then the car will be 100% consistent. Mm. If your line is off, the car does different things every lap. Right. So the feel that you count on because you didn't do the same lap, now the car is different, right. and now you've exceeded the limits of the car, and now you've lost control of the car. Right. And you don't even know why. Right. I did the same thing in your head. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Was maybe it wasn't. No. Hmm. Typically not. And you can't figure it out because this is normal for you. Mm-hmm. That's where we come in. 
Right. I can see it that fast. Sure. It's because you, you don't know, it, it seems normal, it seems like you're doing the same thing, but maybe you don't know even what to look for. Sure. You did actually do it different. Sure. But you don't even know, like, maybe it's like, this is where I released the break this time, and I released it over here this time. Well, so and, and a lot of people, look. I mean, they're, they're just savage to the car, because mm -hmm. they've been taught that you have to be 100% on the brakes or 100% on the gas. Yeah. Somebody said that on the internet, yeah. and it's never been true. Right. But it sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so, sounds yeah if I do that, I'll be fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, so so that's what we do. And and again, I remember when you and I did a lesson. Mm -hmm. When I did the demo. Yeah. Your eyes were open. Yeah. There were moments in time where you were like, "Well, I had no idea." Yeah. And, and I did. <laughs> I had no idea. And it, and it wasn't that it was your first time out on the track. Right. You had been on the track a lot. Right. Yeah. But you had never seen it. It's like it's like learning how to sing, and you're practicing in the shower every morning. Yeah. But you've never heard Whitney Houston sing ever. Right. Right. So you're not aware. Right. Of what singing actually even is. Right. Yeah, but to you, what you're doing, you're practicing singing every yeah. day religiously, right. and you're hitting right. those same sour notes. And right. to you, they're just fine. <laughs> Sounds good. And you get very comfortable yeah. doing exactly that. And yes, yeah. I'm a singer because I've been practicing singing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's not like yeah. that. Well, and, and so I have taken a lesson, and that was that was definitely a singing lesson. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not qualified. <laughs> not qualified. You're not winning this Barry Manilow. I'm not. I'm not. Not. Uh, but but that was so. What actually led me to that? Well, well, was before that. It was a sim an experience similar to what your what your the story you told about the guy that was like, all right, just drive all day and then go. It's like I I was at a track that I had driven at a bunch. Sure. And then you were there, and uh, all right. Hop in! I just sure. went along with you. It was you're probably ten seconds faster than what I I thought I thought I was going as fast as you know, sure. like doing a good time and like nope, like yeah. but it was but yeah it was a whole nother level a whole nother like vocabulary. Well, and what I like to tell the people is always start with the driver. Yeah, a lot of people start with the car, mm -hmm. and and you can start with the car and never know what the car even needs. Now with right. you guys, you're, you're safe. You've been there, you've done that, you're not gonna steer anybody wrong. Sure. But, there's, but there's a lot of, there's some people that they've never tested this particular spring, shock, whatever it right. is, combination. Right. They've not raced, they've not even taken it onto the track. Right. But it looks good, it lowers the car, right. you know, driving it on the street is fine. You yeah. know, well, I'm sorry, that's, for a lot of people, that's good enough. Right. But not for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem with so many of these people is they think that they need to do all this stuff to the car before, before they, they even go start. to the track. Right. To and become a better driver. Well, the misconception, especially with the Subarus and the world that we're in, is, well, no, I need to do this and this and this and this before I could even go to the track. Right. And... One of the things we try to do nonstop is, no, you just need to go to the track. <laughs> if you right. go to the track, I can guarantee you it'll be at least two years before you can outdrive your car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because your car has yeah. way more in it than you could ever throw at it. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe some upgraded brake pads and some upgraded sure. brake fluid. Sure. And other than that, you just need to go drive. Sure. And uh, it's one of the biggest things is 
helping people unlearn all the bad habits <laughs> that they've that either that they've heard on the internet, the yeah. internet, um, or just it's just the information that's out there. And so, yeah, I mean, starting with the driver is the best thing you could ever do. And it saves you money. It's yeah. so much oh money. Oh, my gosh. Because then you're not going to be burning up brakes as much. You're not going to overdrive the yeah, car. Yeah, because you're not going to punish yeah. the car. You're not going to fight with the car. Yeah. That costs money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that that was 100% my experience. Like, after after taking a lesson, <laughs> the, the consumption of tires and brake pads <laughs> went down significantly. <laughs> Uh, Square roots too, much less. Much less <laughs> Far fewer perspirations. Yeah. 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 You didn't have to summon your courage, you know, to go out there. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't that, but it, it was. It was going out and having a good time. But it was, you know, like you're, when you would push, you wouldn't. I wouldn't know necessarily what was even going to happen. Sure. But not that I've really driven terribly aggressively to this point. I'm not. <clears> I'm not <throat> a great driver by any by any measure, but. Just even having the basic understanding of if you do this, then the car does this. Sure. So if the car is doing this, you're doing this. Right. And if you can fix that. Right. Then the then car won't do that. The car will do that. <laughs> and and it's 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 one of those, it, it's a relationship. It, it's a, it's so obvious. It's as plain as the nose on your face. But it's what a lot of people miss is. Sure. If the car is is doing like if it's, you can never get the car to turn in to this corner. It's not necessarily the car's fault, mm-hmm. right? It could be the driver's fault, right? You know, there, there's so much that you control in the driver's seat. Sure. By by where you know the position you're putting the car in, the speed that you're putting the car into something, the input that you as the driver are giving the car. The car can only do what physics will allow. Yep. But and if you're giving input that is beyond the li- the, the limits of physics, it's not going to do what you have pictured in your head. Well, and, and a lot of the guys, especially if you've just bought a really expensive, super fast sports car, yeah. they think that for that amount of money, the car right. ought to do what I tell it to do. Right, mm-hmm. right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Not happened. Right, right. <laughs> but see, even a car, like what you were saying, it doesn't turn in. Understood. Right. If you're a good enough driver, you can figure out how to drive around to adapt yeah. that to to a point yeah. yeah sure and then when you can't that's when you come back and, and you say yeah, okay right. and that's when you get with the engineer or the crew chief and you say okay where is the car set now give yeah. me the alignment setting yeah. and the shot rates and the spring rates and all the stuff and then having some now you don't have to be able to do it yeah but if you know what to do right to tell the people that can do it then you can make some real progress in short order. Well, and if you don't have a race crew and engineers, you could come in and talk to us. Exactly. And well, get I mean, terrible information yeah. Yeah. from the first day. Uh, that's right. Uh, oh, the uh, car's uh, under steering. They need a bigger turbo. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, 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 what your, what shift might we run again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and part of it, too, is just the driver. you got to do what the driver wants. Like we had, there was a guy that rented my car, and he was just, he, this was back when I was running Miatas, mm-hmm. and he was just, this car is just horrible setup and blah, 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 blah. I said, okay. And his times were not very good. Mm-hmm. And we go through all the cars. I thought the car was perfect. I said, okay, do you mind if I take the car out? Yeah. Sure. You know how the story's going to end. Yeah. The car was absolutely perfect. Yeah. But what we did was I told my crew, 
I said, I want you to go and take four pounds out of the tires while he's watching. Mm. And then put the four pounds back when I have him over here. Mm -hmm. yeah. We did exactly that. The car was wonderful. <laughs> okay? So sometimes right. <laughs> drivers are kind of a weird group of folks sometimes. Well, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's because we bring our own ideas about what the car should do yep. to the table. If you, if you yeah. believe it to be true, it's yeah. true even in the face of facts sometimes. Right. But in this case, and my job is to help the driver go faster. And right. normally I don't use deception. Right. But in this case, if we were at we were at, you know, diametrically opposed places. Everything else had failed at that point. Yeah. And and the car was really fine. Yeah. If the car wasn't fine, we would have done what Something. needed to be do, done. Sure. So it, we just needed to fix this in the driver's head. Right. And we did. It yeah. worked that time. So, so what do you think it's gonna happen when he Sees and hears this. He's like, well, that it's, what? It's okay. I'll tell him. <laughs> He's like, hey, I was just on a podcast yeah. today, man. You came hey, up. Hey, you hey, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a phone call. Yeah. 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 But it was better, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he did much better. Yeah. And he thought the car was much better after that. So mm -hmm. mission accomplished, and we didn't have to do a lot. We just had to do a little. Right. So. I mean, recently, uh, one of my drivers, we just got back from Coda, yeah. and he had a problem with the car. Matter of fact, he snap spun in, in the triple, I always forget the numbers, but it was like turn uh, 15, 16, 17. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the long triple right-hander. Mm -hmm. And we, I looked at the data, and I said, okay, let me, let me drive the car. Okay, I drove the car. Car's perfect. Okay, we compared the data. Okay, I'm doing this and you're doing this, mm -hmm. you're feathering. Mm -hmm. And what the turbo solstice, when you feather it, it loads up and it doesn't like that mm -hmm. and it misses and then it gives you a bang of power. Mm -hmm. And that's what spun it. Okay. So when he went out the next time, he did this, mm -hmm. car was perfect, he mm -hmm. goes two seconds faster. Wow. <laughs> we didn't change a thing on the car. Well, <laughs> we but, changed but the driver. The driver input. Yeah. Driver input. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he was very frustrated. And he knows, I mean, we've done enough training. He figured it was him, mm. but we didn't know. Right. So, mm -hmm. right. easiest way, put me in the car. Okay. Yeah. That's what the car does. And the data really helped. We both, mm. we had data in the car. Yeah. So yeah, okay, see this, and you can see the throttle, you can see lateral G, you can yeah. see the speed, you can see everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there it is, right there, see that? Okay, back it up. This is what you're doing. Right. This is what I did. This is what the car likes. Try that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. can't get better than that, except yeah. identical cars, and then you do cat and mouse. Right. That's why I have two of every car in my school. <laughs> <laughs> because when not, you not a bad yeah well that's better than data that's better than anything mm -hmm. because if you have identical cars yeah and you notice that one car does this in turn four yeah and then I tell you exactly why it did that and I show it to you and then we do it again yeah mm -hmm. oh you'll get it yeah oh yeah who doesn't like twins yeah <laughs> sure yeah. yeah but that's that's just the best and that's what we do at the end, we don't do, you know, because you're building foundation at first, but when we're just trying to polish, you know, when yeah. we're down to the last half second, yeah. oh, that's invaluable. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm.
There's a lot of time at Coda too. Like just last year, we looked at my fastest lap and my second fastest lap, and I made all the time up in two turns, but was slower everywhere else. And like, how much faster could I have been just everywhere else? You know, and it's just. Yeah. It's crazy that track is so big, you know. And it's like, very technical, mm -hmm. you know. Coda to, it's, to yeah. really do a fast lap at Coda, it's such a momentum track, mm -hmm. and it's very technical, and it's subtle, especially in the wet. Have you ever driven uh -huh. in the wet? It's crazy in the wet because most of the time, like mid Ohio in the wet, you know, there's concrete yeah. and there's pavement yeah. and there's dramatic changes yeah. and you can see them and you can predict it and you say, okay, I want to stay off this and I want to go mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. At Coda, it looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And for no reason in the world, <laughs> this is slipperier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I've walked the track, I still don't know why, mm -hmm. but I know for sure is. that it is. Yeah. yeah? It's all those time attack dudes spilling oil on certain corners. <laughs> yeah. No, you can see that. <laughs> they see uh, that for sure. Yeah. I mean, the pavement is absolutely the same. There's mm -hmm. no oil. There's no change in camber. Mm -hmm. There's, mm -hmm. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but I know when you go in there, yeah. if you expect grip, you're not ever going to get it. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we're winding this down, because we've had a really good conversation here, um, well, first off, let's just... Where can people find you? Where, where can they find you? Uh, go to goforitservices.com, and it's the single digit number four, not F-O-R, or call me on the phone, 303-666-4113. All right. Well, and so let's say we've got somebody that is, they've been driving for a couple of years and they want to improve. Maybe just could you give one thing, one, one tip or one thing to think about as they're going to the track? To, to just help them hopefully find some time and prove what they're doing? Well, I mean, the, the first three things, as, as we've already said, are hand position, okay. eye targeting, and line. That's what you got to focus on. And that's what we start. I, I tell them, I don't care about this speed initially. And I always, and everybody, I always have to slow them down because they start fighting with the car and at the expense of learning the line and doing proper sequence. Mm. And see, when you get to your limit, you revert back to what you're used to doing. That's why it takes a little while to re-sequence. Mm. You know, you can't just tell somebody, we'll do this, okay? What we've done there is we've traded intellectual knowledge, yeah. okay? They believe you, let's yeah. say, yeah. okay, that's a really good idea, Mike. I'm gonna try that. Right until they get to the limit. Mm -hmm. And then at the limit, they will revert back to what okay. they're used to doing. Mm -hmm. And you ask them, well, remember the conversation? Yeah. <laughs> he yep. just said, I don't know what happened. You have to train them at a pace where it's normal to do what is correct. Mm -hmm. Then when they get to the absolute limit, they will do proper sequence mm -hmm. and it will work. Most people don't train to that level. They say, ah, you did it once, you got it, okay, okay. we're done here. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're really not. <laughs> yeah. Takes work, takes time. Yeah. It's, no, no great drivers were born overnight. Some of them were. <laughs> there are natural talent drivers, just sure. like there's natural talent singers. Sure. Nobody taught Whitney Houston how to sing. She could right. always sing like that. Right. Until the end. Oh. Yeah. Sad story. Well, if you don't, but if you don't know that you're you're one of those drivers, you're probably not one of them. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, work those, on the sequence. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can you can tell if you're one of those drivers. Yes. Yeah. And I can tell if you're one of those drivers. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let you be the judge. I, I, yeah. I know I'm not one, so I can't. Natural talent drivers, I mean, there's, you know, out of all the drivers, even a lot of the racers, there's only, you know, 1% probably of yeah. natural talent drivers in yeah. the world, which is still a lot of drivers, but, you know, you can, you can tell. There yeah. was a guy, uh, he did a motorcycle class, and he's a natural talent rider. He'd never done road racing at all. First thing he did was get on the bike and do a full lock, cold tire slide mm -hmm. on his motorcycle. Okay. I'm like, natural talent rider. <laughs> and he didn't fall down, and it didn't scare him, and it was no big deal to him. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Love my job. Yeah. And there's so much to it. It just... There's always there's always more to learn. Yeah, always. It's one of those sports. Yeah, and you can keep doing it for years and years. Yeah, for a long time. Until the checks see are the, See the gray hair. That's right. right. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming out. And, and, and my pleasure to be awesome. with all of you guys. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun to have. We have this talk a lot, just hanging out. It's yeah. nice to get it on film. And, and, and that's absolutely. what started yeah. all this. Is like, man, we have all these good conversations. <laughs> Why are we recording this? Yeah. Like once a week, yeah. we sit around and have these talks. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. now hopefully hopefully there's at least two people out there that will listen to this and go. I'm glad they reported it. Yeah. It's good. I'm going to be one of them, though. Nice. I was, it's like, okay. listening for five hours of previous podcasts. Like, man, <laughs> that Ryan Desix is so charming. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, buddy. Yes. <laughs> thanks very much, Mike. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, Hope you guys liked it. My pleasure. Enjoyed it. Yeah. So, thanks very much. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. Cool. Sweet. There it is. That was fun. All right, that was episode 10 of the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. Um, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for sticking around to the end. Really do appreciate that. Um, as I said at the beginning, the best way to support us is to like and rate this podcast on iTunes and head over to our website, which is flatironstuning.com. And if you have any questions at all about what Mike does or Go For It Services does, check out their website, um, flat, uh, goforitservices.com or check them out on Facebook, Instagram, etc. So thanks very much for listening, and as always, stay tuned with Flatirons Tuning.